If you don't think about death, you just don't die. What happens after death? What really happens when we have to present our soul in front of God? How can I prepare myself? That's not what my family says. For them, it's all about brownie points with credit in heaven. You do this, God give you that. You pray this, then God give you that. Frustrating. God wants us in heaven even more than we want to go there ourselves. You don't need religion. That's why I don't follow any organized religion. Do you want to know what the Catholic Church says about death? But who cares if God is there anyway? In this episode, we talk about what happens after death, what judgment is about, and if there is heaven, if there is hell, and what will happen after the most important moments in our existence. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. So we start the program today, greeting our audience in Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice in your home. We also greet all those who are following us in the YouTube channel of the Heroes of the Gospel Canada, and also all those who follow us in different social media networks. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria, nice to be here. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. So the topic today is really amazing, because this is a question that has plagued uh, generation after generation, probably since the time of Adam and Eve, and it is exactly what happens after death. And uh, of course, we have several characters that are going to visit us today because Joe and Jay, they continue their encounters. You know, this time um, a friend of mine sent me this recording because they were actually in a funeral home uh, and they were talking about these topics that we are talking. And so I, I think their, their contribution is going to be fundamental. But to start with, Father, does God really want death? Well, that's a very interesting question because actually, what is death? Death is a chastisement that God gave to mankind because of sin. St. Irenaeus, a doctor of the church of the second century, he uh, raises the question of, does human beings, were they made to be mortal or to be immortal? And he has to say, no, it's not even, not mortal, not immortal. They were uh, created depending on their faithfulness to God. If they will be faithful, they will be immortal. They will not die. If human beings will be unfaithful, then they will be chastised and then they will die. Their body will die. So death comes from, uh, because of a chastisement. And it's incredible, no? The devil, when he tempted Adam and Eve, uh, the devil goes and offers them immortality exactly. to be like God. And this is exactly what he took away. No? He... he, he that's what the devil does always. always throughout his, his various forms of tempting. He offers something that looks delicious, and when we grab for it, it's, it's a cloud, it's, it's, a, it's smoke, it's a, it's a piece of smog. Um, he offered knowledge, and what we received was darkness. Precisely. So, that... That element in the beginning of Genesis is very important when we're looking at it because he is offering this hidden knowledge, this gnosis. And what did they get? They got intellectual darkness. Exactly. They got shame. They got death. Pain. Pain, suffering. Darkness. It's a, and it's important that we look at that one point, which is that pain and suffering in our world is a consequence of our choices. Not Absolutely. God's desire. It's not Him afflicting. It's like a vengeful God, like striking down, like kind of the image of the Greeks. No, we provoke these very things by our actions. Of course, His intention was to create us with immortality in order to, to have uh, joy with Him forever. But we ruin the, uh, uh, the plan of God. But then he comes with a solution, which is the resurrection, which is him become, uh, becoming a human being like us, dying, resurrecting, and open the gates of immortality again. Now imagine if after Adam and Eve's sin, now we were going to be immortal. 
would have been a disaster, no? Because we are in, you know, we have original sin, we have all our imperfections, impossible to redeem, and also, I mean, unless God comes, but then we are immortal. We are going to live forever in sin. Oh my goodness. Let's this... look at the, at the book of Genesis. Look at the characters who are there. So you would have had Cain eternally killing others, Lamech yeah. murdering and committing all kinds of evils. Why? Because he could, and never dying. Earth no... would have been a form of hell. Of course, on Earth. <laughs> yeah, eternal, yeah, they would have transformed Earth into hell, that's it. That's no point of the flood existing, because there was going to be no consequence. God yeah. did not have any solutions. Wow, what a... Anyway. So the Holy Spirit gave us a solution. In the book of Ben Shirak, you know, chapter 7, uh, it is said that um, remember is a very, very strict, you know, uh, recommendation. It's almost an order. Hmm? Remember your last days. So remember your end. You remember that, that you're going to, uh, to die, that you're going to go to a judgment. Remember this, and you will not sin eternally. It's so the, the only way, the only way to, uh, to be prepared for what we know we are going to go, because there's one thing in life which is certain, that you're going to die. That's the only, the only thing that, that is absolutely certain. The, um, regarding this, of course, there is another aspect that we don't know when, but we, we know that it is going to happen. But the reason we don't know when is that God understands the human fickle soul. If we knew, it would be if we knew exactly would, the date and the no time. Good. Exactly. No it good. would be of no good because be we would useless. wait till the last moment and Precisely. then we would miss it. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know people who tend to put things off. They always miss the opportunities. In airports, how many people know you see you watch at the airport and then they are only coming, running, dashing. Didn't you know like weeks before exactly. that you exactly. had an airplane ticket? And, Precisely, people the, don't 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 want to prepare for the most important thing. So, in that sense, death is a is a mercy, and the fact that we don't know when is also an act of mercy of God, exactly. because He wants us to prepare for this extraordinary event, which is the most important event in our lives. You know, it's, it's amazing, but the most important event in your life is your death. Well, but not everybody thinks this way. No. And actually, I think at this point, you know, we are not being sponsored by a Happy Beyond Funeral Homes. Actually, it's not our sponsor, but we have something coming from from the funeral home, and I think it's, it's going to continue enlightening the conversation. Let's go there. Happy Beyond Funeral Homes. How may I help you? Yeah? Yes. We close today at uh, 10 p.m. Thank you. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hey, good, how are you? Good, good, thanks. I'm yeah. uh, here for Larry's Wake. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, please. Uh, that's at room number 4B uh, at your left. My left? Okay, thanks. Is it okay if I wait in the foyer? I'm waiting yeah, sure. for my wife. Yeah, sure. Perfect, thanks. Perfect. Go ahead. Thanks. Hello, Joe. Hey, Jay. How are good. you? Good, how are you? Good, hey, let's have a seat. Right. Hey, you look great. How's your tooth? You look better than last time I saw you. No, not that great. I feel sorry for Larry, you know, young and heart attack. Yeah. Who would have said that? Yeah, and he was such a fit guy. You know, I mean, you die and that's it. Life is worth nothing. One moment to the next and you're gone. Period. Get on. That's what I always say. Enjoy life to the max. Every moment of it. Life is here and now. Tomorrow does not count. Enjoy every second of it. Go life. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy what? Look at my life. I have two mortgages, pay for my daughter in university, have three jobs, and nothing works. It's useless. Why to live for? If you can die at any second, and on top of it, my mother-in-law gives me daily sermons on religion. Oh my goodness. Joe, you don't need religion. You have to stay positive and enjoy life. That's why I don't follow any organized religion. Death is like this. If you don't think about it, it just doesn't happen. If you don't think about death, you just don't die. So, Father, Brother Justin, there we go. If we do not think about death, death does not happen. Jay, just put it this way. Can we agree with that? I mean, 
<laughs> worry in life that this uh, happens. It never happens in your life. Why this is going to happen regarding death if it doesn't happen regarding the other things? Huh? So if, if you uh, receive bills in the mail mm -hmm. and you, you don't think of them, think of them, they will just disappear. <laughs> that's wonderful. So that would be a tremendous I, solution. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, exactly. You don't think about sickness. It's not going to happen no, no, to no, you. Uh, no, but you know what? I've met people who have exactly that position. They have this positive thinking that if you think positive thoughts, then every, all bad things go away. That's the, 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 the funny, optimistic people that but are completely out of touch with reality. <laughs> yeah, stupid. stupid. Because it, it, I had a conversation with someone recently, and that was exactly their position. They said, if you don't uh -huh. think about the negativity, if you don't think about the problem, it, it won't affect you. Oh, wonderful. Oh, so great. <laughs> and funny, I, I, because... I, I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> some, some, people, some people take it. Some people uh, uh, believe, no? And yeah. <laughs> they take it seriously. But it doesn't work. It doesn't, obviously, it doesn't work, of course. So, we know that, that death is going to happen. And what the problem is that people don't want to think, and the devil don't want you to think about death and to prepare yourself for death. So, he... Ha the devil gives you many options. Here in this play, we have two options. One is the optimistic, who thinks that, that you know God is love, so don't worry. Not, that, uh, it has no impact in your life. You can continue exactly as you are. There's no problem. And the other one... Total desperation. Yeah, desperation. So, <laughs> said, Lord God is going to chastise me. From one moment you to know, the next, you are gone. There is, there, I mean, there is no hope. No hope at all. Uh, so what's I, the meaning of life? I think it's interesting if we could just pull in this when it's in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, 1022. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of goes to the point of what is death and particular judgment. And it's balanced, right? At the evening of life, we, we shall be judged according to our love. Beautiful. And I think this is where the problem is. The, the person who just casts away all this, and no, it's negative, we're not going to think about death. Do they love God? Is God a part of their lives? And the answer, unfortunately, probably comes up negative. Maybe we try to live as if God did not exist. Death didn't exist. And we can pull away in between so that without thinking about eternity, we can just live the way we are. Or we yeah. get into a trickster type situation where we can kind of trick God and we can just sort of get away with what we're doing. And it's very nice because actually, uh, as God is love and he is our creator, he also created us for love. So this is the, the real meaning of the, the human life, is to love. Yes. So this is why we are on earth, to practice this love in order to be loved in heaven by, by God for all eternity. So uh, our life on earth takes it, its uh, meaning out of love. So if we don't love, then of course we, we are going to have the uh, uh, the opposite. It's going to be the privation of love. The privation of love, which is terrible. Which is hell. Which is hell. Right. And, that, and, and, and that's an important element also when we start going through the Catholic position concerning these four important elements, is that it's not God as a vengeful Greek image. It's us. Mm -hmm. We're that horrible, vengeful creature inflicting our own evil on everything else. We're destroying God's creation. Absolutely. We're evil. We're the evil here. God is the one being uh, uh, put in this position, being offended by our actions. And you know that you see this in human relations because sometimes uh, somebody loves another person and this other person, because he's not good, he doesn't retribute this love. So the person A is 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 very much, uh, you know, uh, he suffers, hurt. hurt, because his love is not being retributed. So, uh, because he was born to love this person, and this person doesn't doesn't love doesn't love him. So, so what's the opposite of love? Some may say it's hatred, mm -hmm. but Saint Thomas says that hatred is a is a twisted form of love. The opposite of love is indifference. Because from indifference, we dis we are the furthest point from love. We are distancing ourselves from love. We are um, actually there is no path back. Exactly, it's rejection. Because love is union. 
And the opposite is, is separation, is going away. Is, But uh, also there's no interest. With indifference, there is no interest. Hatred, mm -hmm. the person still has this element where exactly. they're connected yeah. to. Of course. Right? They're, they're, they're filled with, they're, they were had love for, now they have hatred of, but they're still raging against that same item, be it a truth, be it uh, uh, the church, mm -hmm. would be it a person, but they're still, their life revolves around that element. Yeah. But indifference, there's no interest. They're done. They're, 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 they're away. But perhaps it is a way of living without thinking about God, knowing that death exists, and yet, you know, you try not, basically it's trying to find a third way in which you can live as if nothing happened, nothing has consequences, and in the end of the story, we ignore everything, and yeah, like living without God, and death is no consequence. I think Father used that phrase from Ben oh, Chirac um, about the, uh, remember your four last things and you'll never sin. The the philosophers had a twist on that, which was mm -hmm. a life that is not examined is, is not worth living. Uh, I think we can combine those two together, saying okay. if we don't examine ourselves and our lives, and in that process think about where we're going to finally end, mm -hmm. it's not worth living Absolutely. because we're going to crash and burn in hell and be separated from the very source of love, the very source of our reason of existence for all eternity. Exactly, because when you are created to love God, yes. to be indifferent to, to God, that's, that's hell. Because for you, because you, you, your whole being wants to love Him. And at the same time, you, you're, you're being, uh, you yourself, you're rejecting God. The very the human person is made in search of God. Mm -hmm. If they know it or they don't, it's besides the point. Now, you reject the, your purpose and you're eternally frustrated. Precisely. doesn't matter how much other things you do. You're frustrated because that end is never going to be met. Nice. So, but it's still for, for many people, then there is nothing after death. Uh, they are going to say this, they are lying to themselves, but that is a common affirmation. Oh, no, 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 you don't think about that. There is nothing after death. Let's go a little bit back to, to the funeral home, mm -hmm. because I think that is right now one of the main issues. So you say there is nothing after death? You have to hear my wife and her mother. All is about prayers, rosaries, church. Going, going for them is all about God judging people after death. Punishment after death. Hell after death. Nah, God is love and mercy. God does not judge anyone. But who cares if God is there anyway? After all, life is just a pain. Issues and troubles, why bother? Stop, Joe, cheer up. Look at you in your dark view of everything. Think in color. We're created to enjoy life. I believe in a happy beyond. We all come back after death. What do you mean we come back after death? I mean it. Didn't you hear about reincarnation? We all make it back here and better. Maybe in the form of a plant or a tree. Who knows? Maybe a dog. That is what I say. I don't follow any organized religion. God doesn't judge anyone anyway. God is just universal love. So, Father Brother Justin, God does not judge anyone. God is universal love. What do you have to say about reincarnation? Well, if God doesn't judge, he's, he's unjust. Because every person wants to behave well, and he deserves a reward. And every person that behaves bad, he deserves a chastisement. He deserved uh, something that... that uh, so if uh, God did not reward, he would be wrong. Exactly. So, so then life has no meaning. And God will be non-adjust God. Then he will not be God. God has to be just. He's sort of um, this, this uncle type, cosmic uncle, who has no responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And he just gives up bonbons to, to the passing nephew who he has no relation with and which he goes on his merry way afterwards and doesn't worry about the child. But then we can come back like a plant, we can come back as a tree. Is that, is that, is that something? <laughs> But that, that makes absolutely no sense. Um, But it's life in well, how, how, eternity how? in Technicolor, Brother Chester. I mean, no, yeah. no matter what But you do, you come back. Work. Your eternity <laughs> doesn't work. So if I'm good, but there's no judgment, okay, then why do I come back as a bumblebee? Yeah. Uh, that what, makes no what sense. What for? Of course. 
But there's no consequence. Because no, no matter what you do. There is a consequence. I'm, I'm a bee. I'm not a human anymore. Um, or maybe. Or, or another one is, is that I came back as a consciousness of someone from 100 years ago or 200 years ago. But but I'm re- I, I'm I'm responsible. I'm receiving the the moral weight of what they did a hundred years ago, <laughs> which means I'm responsible for what they did. This makes no sense. No it's sense at the, all. This, the 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 path of escaping responsibility has given me more responsibilities. But just to, to, to just to wrap the idea, Father, it, it is not a Catholic position. Reincarnation is not possible from the Catholic point of view. Not correct? at all. Okay. The, the Church rejects in the reincarnation completely. It's against the dignity of human person because a, a human person has a, a soul that is eternal that deserves a reward or chastisement. Imagine somebody who goes to heaven and then he has to come back to uh, to the world to be reincarnated as a uh, dog, you know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's true. No, and also it's true. It it's ridiculous. A, what diminishes the dignity of, course, of, of completely, a human being. Completely. I think another point people forget when they they they, they, they allow this, this this sadness to to populate their minds, which is that reincarnation is incompatible because it denies the Christian understanding of salvation, and it also denies the uniqueness and dignity of each human life and the redemptive work of Christ. So if you allow yourself to drift into this insanity, know what you're doing. You're not Christian. You're something else. Uh, completely, completely, completely. You can't mix it. It's, it's another religion. It's oil and water. They don't mix. Nothing, nothing. But can we touch a little bit the question of judgment? Because uh, traditionally the church teaches us that we die and then the whole celestial court appears and then we, our soul goes in front of the majesty of God. And then all our life goes like in a film, you know, through, or at least I don't know, is this what what most of us hear. So, Father, how, how, how does it work? I mean, we die and instantly we are judged, but how is the judgment and why there has to be a judgment? Because apparently God is fundamentally evil now with that. No, no, God judging people? Do you I, I think, think the so? problem that the person has when they present that is that anyone who looks, who judges anything is inherently evil. And I guess really where the problem lies. But anyone who says that what you're doing is wrong is evil. That's what evil is. Mm-hmm. And I so, guess where the problem lies. So when we classify things between good and evil, that's right evil. and wrong, evil. oh, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be. No? That's, that's evil. That's evil. Mm, right that's evil. Interesting. Right. right? That, that, that's, and I think in many people's minds or at the back of their mind, that's, that's the definition. The fact that you have made a distinction is wrong. Although our Lord made distinctions throughout his ministry. Of course. I don't know. The Very Jesus sharp. that's Very being preached today in many circles <laughs> has nothing to do with the Jesus that you find in the Gospels. It's not the same person. Not it's, sub- it's someone else. So what happens at the moment of judgment? So St. Paul... Uh, very clearly, he says in the, uh, in the second letter to the Corinthians, for, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we are going to appear in front of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that each one may receive recompense according to what he did in the body, whatever good or evil. Corinthians 5.10. <laughs> so this According makes sense. According to good and evil. Exactly. So, so this makes sense. It means that, that your life has a meaning, has a reward, has, has a purpose. If not, life has no purpose. So the book but of Revelation it, also. You know? Isn't that a problem in our today's uh, young people? Is that they have no religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have no healthy philosophies. So therefore they have no purpose. There is no purpose. Exactly. There's no objective purpose. So they make subjective purposes, which are insanity. And that's where we end up with these questions, where people can't even define who they are. The participation rewards in the end. Eh? So. about defining self. Precisely. Do I exist? Do I have a name? Do I have a reason to exist? These are very basic philosophical questions. And we live in a society today which denies the basics. So, when you come to something as as huge as judgment, death, mm-hmm. heaven, and hell, <laughs> like, 
They don't have the tools to even no. comprehend something. But also, if God did not judge terrible. anyone, what about the parable where our Lord talks about that rich and the poor Lazarus? Of course. God judged. I mean, Abraham is there. It's everybody. It's, it's, there is some miasm in between. So that parable is fundamental. I and mean, I don't know. Or is that, it, that parable is beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So the, the, the good person receives his reward and the the, uh, the one who had no, no love because... The, the the poor, he was there and he was loving the rich man, and he was trying to help him, you know, uh, um, somehow in order for him to be generous, because if the rich man will be generous to Lazarus, he will go to heaven also. There's another point which is also fascinating with this parable of Lazarus and 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 the rich man or the mm -hmm. or Devers, which is that um, the soul that is saved has person, he has a name. That's a name, yes. And the, the rich man who is condemned loses his personhood. Precisely. He he loses it and he does not have a name. That's he is, amazing. He, he's cast aside. And and Abraham basically doesn't recognize him. While the poor man is beside him. Okay. So this is the issue. This is the issue when and we look at this. In the parable, the angels come to pick up the uh, Lazarus. But when when the rich man dies, there's no angel that comes. Oh, he's cast into hell. Okay. But let's go to a quick break, and then we'll return immediately with the rest of our program. If you're liking this program, there are ways to support it. And one of those is to acquire the latest book we have for children, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy. In this book, children can learn about Divine Mercy, children can learn about the life of St. Faustina, and you as a parent, maybe as an uncle, as an educator, can help them to discover this beautiful treasure. The book is available in versions in English, Spanish, and French. And you can order right away in the notes of the program. So order your copy today, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy, comes in three languages and it's going to be a beautiful gift for your children, for somebody else's children, and even for yourself. But Father, also, then if God doesn't judge anyone, what about the book of Revelation? <laughs> you, you are about to start on that and exactly. we kind of cut you off, but no. the book of Revelation, eminently there is a judgment there. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's read uh, Revelation 20. I saw the dead the great and the lowly, standing before the throne. So everybody was be before the throne. And scrolls were open. Oof. So, you know, <laughs> each one of us is Ujay. writing his own scroll. If no? Jay hears this, he's <laughs> to be confused. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in front of the throne, the scroll of the life of each person is going to be open. And it's going to be, you know, uh, proclaimed, announced, uh, uh, made known. Hmm? Then another scroll was opened, the book of life. It's beautiful, huh? <laughs> there is another scroll, which is Lord Jesus Christ. He's the book of life. And you will compare your scroll with Lord Jesus Christ, his scroll. Because also, Lord Jesus Christ is a human, so he also has a scroll. Yes. And, and his scroll is going to be open again in heaven, huh? in, in this judgment. It's going to be beautiful, of course. The dead were judged according to their deeds by what was written in the scrolls. So <laughs> according to what is written, so you see how important it is a life on earth uh, that, 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 that people write with their own actions and, and words and desires, etc. that this is going to be open and it's going to be compared to the scroll of our Lord Jesus Christ and it's going to be seen, this is in accordance, in harmony with Lord Jesus Christ or not. And these deeds and actions need to reflect love so they match the love of God. Exactly. That's so beautiful. If you want to, exactly. also, if you want to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1039, mm -hmm. it recounts this very point in which it says, in the presence of Christ, who is truth itself, truth of each man's relationship with God will be laid bare. Mm -hmm. So this is what the Church believes. This mm -hmm. is not a, a misinterpretation that we're taking out of context, out of the Bible. No, no. This is what the church believes and has believed since the beginning. Of course. Of course. So there is a judgment and that judgment needs to reflect. Exactly. So the, there are actually two judgments. There is a particular judgment 
that uh, it is said that it takes place in the place where the person dies. Wherever the person dies, he will be judged there. It's, it's amazing. Huh? It's uh, a little bit difficult to understand because actually, you know, it's your soul who is going to be judged. Then in a place, huh? it's going to be in front of God. Huh? Your body needs a place. Huh? And it's going to be the cemetery. But the soul goes in front of God. Huh? But you can imagine your soul and your body were made for each other. Yeah. And that very moment of your judgment... There's so many That's things right. happening that mm. I guess God in His in His wisdom is allowing you to understand this is where you were. This exactly. is where you, this yeah. is the last spot you were. That's so that's about. the particular judgment in which a person is going to be judged. Everything that he has done since he was born till that moment will be taken into consideration, and the final result will be you know our Lord Jesus Christ who will who will decide no. Uh, you are saved, you are not saved, or you go to purgatory, which is a good, <laughs> a good third solution for those who are, you know, not 100%. And then we have the final judgment, which is the judgment that is in the book of, which is uh, mentioned in the book of Joel, that he says that, uh, that everybody will get together in the, the valley of Josaphat, which is next to Jerusalem. And the, that will be the great final judgment. That's the end of the story of uh, creation of mankind. So it's nice that um, mankind was created for a judgment. This is going to be the, the most spectacular event of, uh, in human life, in human history, in which we will know everything about everybody. It would be nice to dedicate a full, full podcast to that, <laughs> no? to the, 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 the final... <laughs> But before we continue, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to hit this, uh, the notification button. And also don't forget to share. Share with everybody this program because don't forget the podcast. In the podcast, we saw the good seed. And so it's good to share and to make sure that many people can also uh, benefit from the program. So go there, subscribe, and don't forget as well to share and to like as well. I mean, we are arriving to the point where, okay, we say death, we see judgment, and then, no, we have hell or heaven. Um, the, there is more in the dialogue there in the funeral home because Joe has a tremendous problem, and I think we can help, help poor Joe on this. So let's go there and let's listen what they have to say. Yeah, right. Thinking color, we come back after death, that's not what my family says. For them, it's all about brownie points with credit in heaven. You do this, God give you that. You pray this, then God give you that. Frustrating. It's all about investments and return on credit. Or else. There is punishment, flames, and more pain. Like I don't have three jobs already. Hell here and hell after death too. Chill, Joe, chill. Hell doesn't exist. Or if there is a hell, it should be empty. Hell is invented by priests to get money and make everyone fear. I told you, God is universal love. That is why I always say, I don't fall any organized religion. Plus, our souls are not material. Souls can't burn at all. So, Father, then, hell is invented by priests to get money. <laughs> Ooh, that, 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 that's strong, eh? That, that's really heavy duty, you know? And, and souls are not material, therefore they cannot burn. So, what does the church teach us about hell? So we can clarify for our audience. Well, it's in the scriptures. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's, uh, it's a consequence of the uh, actions of human beings that are free, of free human beings. If you are free, then you uh, need to have a reward for your good actions and you need to have a chastisement for your bad actions. If not, you're not really free. So... Uh, hell exists. We know there is a place that um, God created for uh, the, those who didn't want to love him to live without him. So basically hell is a place without God. But to be without God when you were born to be with God is terrible. It's the worst thing that can happen to you. You're, you're, you, you become useless. The whole existence doesn't make any more sense yeah. because the objective that you had in life, you miss it. It's Total not there anymore. 
Total frustration. Total frustration. Absence of goodness. Yeah. Serafatus Liguri says that, um, as we already know, hell is a place of eternal punishment and suffering. The soul experiences the full consequences of its choices to reject God's love and goodness during their life. What's important here is that we will feel the fullness of our choices, not God's choices. It's in the hand of who? Exactly. It's our choices, not God. So it's important that we change the perspective. It is very important. From the vengeful God striking us down with lightning bolts. Because if we all depend on God, He will save you. Because God wants to save us. But we have free choice. Exactly. And then when we make choices that are bad... Now imagine if God were to... We make our choices, we make our free choices, but then God would just sort of blot them out and drag us to heaven anyway. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't yeah. that be hell too? Of course. You hate God or you're indifferent to God. We've already gone to that point. And then we're stuck in heaven. Precisely. We're in a beautiful palace, but we hate everything. <laughs> I mean, that's a form of hell too. It is. It is. So, you have no dignity. No. There's no respect for what you really want, you know. You're forced to. So the idea that God's going to just sort of rip everyone out of hell and drag them into heaven, this makes no sense. It's nonsense. So God's love respects so much our freedom that he risks to be offended so that we can have that freedom of choice. That's impressive. Eh? Exactly. So hell exists and there are people there. You know, yeah, hell is not empty. No, not empty. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but there is also some some huge difficulty. I, I don't know if you felt it like that, but because when Joe speaks, I mean, his life is already hard. He says it, right? And then part of the family tells him this, you know, that, that all of a sudden we hear Catholics in the pews saying this, no? Oh, it's all about, you know, this, uh, this uh, novena. You give God this so that he gives you that, no? And he also says, you pray this, then God gives you that. No, for him it's frustrating, but also we see how there is a kind of interested relationship. Exactly. No, it's a kind of Mercantile. investment and credit. No, so I I invest some prayers and good actions, so God in turn he has to give me this. No, and that's not real love, is it? Absolutely, <laughs> because God is not interested in your novena. He's not interested in your money. He's not interested in your car or whatever you want to give to God. He's interested in your love. He doesn't need all the rest. He needs your love. The analogy that I heard once is that when we go to God with our prayers, we're very similar to a child who is trying to buy a present for their parent with a pocket full of lint, with a few bobby pins, and a button or two. <laughs> that has no value. It has zero value. It's garbage. But it's given with good goodness, and God smiles. Of course. And accepts the gift with all of the love that a father will have. Now, imagine the same child comes and he wants to extract a mercantile ex uh, exchange. It's very ridiculous. It's isn't it? insane. insane. But unfortunately, many people are stuck in this position. And it's counterproductive because actually, what you give to God, what He is going to to give you back is incredibly more than what whatever you can give Him. But before we continue with this, don't forget, put your commentary down in the, in the notes, because your commentary is very, very important to help us spread the program. So can, we can say then that the real balance of everything is through love of God. Exactly. Can we say that, Father? Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, detach mm. ourselves from this business of trying to um, trade with God. It's a, it's, it's, it's a downward process. Of course. It's not going to work. I don't have to love you, so I find a way to, you know, get there. <laughs> it's a replacement. It's horrible. Wonderful. Very good. So, uh, still there is one more, because we touch, you know, death, judgment, hell, and heaven. What happens with heaven? Okay, but hell always makes me worry. Anyways, heaven also makes me worry. What if they really exist? What if I miss this heaven? I don't want to miss out. Stop the negativity. Religion is all about reward points and hypocrisy. And then what? You go to heaven and sit on a cloud like a fat angel and play the harp for a thousand years? No need. Just enjoy life here and now. God doesn't punish anyone, nor reward anyone. Heaven is just universal love. 
So yes, you know, uh, also Jay and Joe had, have that problem that many Catholics uh, also have, which is a wrong vision. No, oh, he heaven is going to be boring because you sit down in a cloud, you play harp for a thousand years, and, and what a wrong conception of, of heaven. Um, Father, can we clarify to the audience, heaven, we all know, yes, it must be beautiful and phenomenal, but why is that? I think it's a wrong conception of what a human person is. A human person has great desires. A human person uh, has uh, great, great and good ambitions. And uh, he needs great things to satisfy his desire of love and of, uh, of glory and of uh, power, etc. So uh, God will surpass all this. And God will give him something that is in exactly in that direction, but even much more that he cannot even imagine how great it is. So this idea that that, uh, that heaven is a boring place is it's completely out of uh, of uh, relation with what is a human being and and who is God. Completely. Uh, God out gave of us point. the desires that we have. And heaven will not only match but exceed those great desires, the greatest desires that we have, the greatest longings that we have. Everything that we long for, everything that we want, everything will be surpassed in heaven. And hell, those longings and desires will never be met. There will be exactly. constant gnawing on us uh, of something which is destroying what the, I think it's in um, Matthew's Gospel, the, the worm gnaws and never is is quenched that element. But thinking heaven is that we're fulfilled. Exactly. And maybe in hell, the person will know what he's missing. Mm. Oh, yeah. In the same way that, that in the, the parable of Lazarus, the, the, the rich man was seeing Lazarus happy, you know, with Abraham and having a nice conversation, etc. And he's suffering. <laughs> so he will know that Lazarus is in a wonderful place. And he will know that he's missing this. And sometimes there is classes for, for catechism for adults, and all of a sudden you, you hit the really interesting part, you know, and people make questions and people participate and, they, and nobody wants the, 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 the moment to, to end, you know. And it's a very good reminder. Listen, if a class of catechism is like this, imagine how it's going to be the whole eternity where God is constantly telling us more things about how he is, and we're always learning more and more and more for the whole eternity. This, this has no end, you know? Uh, what an interesting you know, analogy and idea of how heaven is going to be. Most fulfilling, obviously, but also the essence of what you want. You were created for. So we were created with an intellect that needs to be nourished, that ne needs, needs to, to be satisfied. And the only thing that can satisfy our intellect is God. So when we miss God, we, we're, we're lost completely. We, we become uh, um, uh, absent of everything that, that really will, will fill, full, uh, fill our, our soul. Theologians no, explain also that when you, uh, about, about hell, no? Theologians say that... Uh, the, the problem in hell is not the flames, it's not the tortures that they will have there, no. but it's how the, you suffer the absence of exactly. God. That's much more than anything. That's a great assessment. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that heaven is the ultimate goal of the human existence. <laughs> and we know that we've reached our, our, our reason for being. So we're fulfilled. Now you flip that when you're in hell... You know you are a failure, absolute failure. Now imagine the pride that brought you to hell, that being constantly rubbed in your face, mm -hmm. that you are a failure, an ultimate failure, like the failure of failures. Exactly. There's no one in your perspective who is as great a failure as yourself. And there, is a, there is also a saint, a lady, she says that, this, that what, what uh, tortures people the most in hell is that the, the fact that knowing that a simple prayer could have avoided them being there. No? Simple prayer, prayer, pr prayer is the simplest things that we can have. Absolutely. And if the person would have think about this, 
then he will have prepared himself and this disgrace will not have happened. So this is so important, you know, to think about death, to think about the last things, you know, that uh, it's the the, uh, the the way that somebody can prepare himself for the future. Now there is some there is some some something said there in the dialogue, which is okay. So religion, uh, organized religion, cannot be there; uh, otherwise, you fall into hypocrisy. No, and many that accuse you know, the Catholic Church and also of hypocrisy, when you have um, uh, superstitions, that's also a form of hypocrisy. But uh, the hypocrisy is when you say that you believe something and actually you believe something else. So religion, by definition, is not hypocrisy. Because the religion is the the uh, the uh, the idea, if you want, to the church or whatever, that will give you a direction, which is the true direction. It should be the true religion gives you the, the true direction. When you don't want to take a tr the true direction, any other direction is is okay. And this is why sometimes people have different directions and they go from one. One extreme to the other. No? Father, since we're here, I think our friends have something to say about, uh, about this. Okay. Well, Jay, I better go. Yeah, me too. My wife is on her way. I gotta meet her. Okay. See you later. Ciao. Ciao. Bye, Joe. Bye. Like I always say, you never need to follow any organized religion. But in the end, you need to cover your bases. So here we go. Hey, Father, Brother Justin, in the end of the day, we need to cover all bases. So, <laughs> tremendous, not talking about hypocrisy and things exactly. like that. And, 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 and these people accuse the church to be hypocrite when, when you know? <laughs> One in each pocket, just to know we can work He sounds like those Jewish soldiers in the, in the book of Maccabees, in which they use amulets of the pagan exactly. gods, and they purported to be uh, devotees of, of Yahweh. Of Yahweh. So, yeah. But, but Father then for, for a Catholic person, for those who are watching, the thanks be to God, you know, they're not <laughs> so dual in, this, in these things. But at the same time, um, you know, we're genuinely concerned about the four last things. Of course. So what, what is the best piece of advice on how to visualize death, judgment, heaven, hell, all those, those topics? How can we help everybody to, to be more loving in that sense? There is a beautiful hymn that is uh, sing in the uh, the masses of the uh, of the dead, uh, which is um, something that was created a long time ago, but it's uh, it became a, an official hymn of the church, and uh, the the hymn is called Dies Ire, which means the day of wrath, the day of wrath. So, the day of wrath means that. Um, there's going to be a moment in which God, in His judgment, in His justice, He will approach you. And He will ask you, you know, who you are. And in that moment, you, you, everything that you have lived will, uh, will answer this question. Your life will answer the question of God. So the day of wrath, it will dissolve the world into glowing ashes, as attested by David with Sibyl. What trembling there will be when the judge shall come to examine all in strict justice. <laughs> so God will come and examine, and because God is truth. And we are born to live in truth. The world today is a great lie, mm. and it's constantly taking picking, uh, people away from the truth and uh, putting lies in the head of, of the people and in order to mix them up and to, 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 to confuse them and to take them in, in the wrong, uh, wrong direction. Typical of the devil, no? bring confusion and, and... Exactly, and lie. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, he says that, um, uh, what shall I, a wrath, say at that time? What advocate shall I ask to plead for me? So the person in that moment, he will, he will need an advocate. He will need somebody who will intercede for him. When even the righteous are not carefree, 
So even those who are right, even those who live a good life, you know, in front of the judgment of God, they are not carefree. <laughs> they, just, they just sin seven times a day. Anyway. Exactly. I mean. so, uh, so in that moment, we need to have our advocate. The advocate is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the one that is going to help us to go through our final judgment. And she is the advocate, actually. And uh, she's one of her titles, that she's the advocate. So we are going to death, there is no doubt. Everybody is going to die. We are going to go in, in, uh, uh, for death. But this is not the end. As uh, St. Francis of Sales uh, would say that death is the creep of eternity. So actually in death, it's something new that starts. And it's the creep of eternity. And at that moment, it's going to be decided in which the eternity will I go. And then a real life will start. The real life, the eternal life, will, will start with death, which is not the end as the world teaches today. For, for many people, you know, this is the end, and you have to avoid death at any cost. But it's impossible to avoid death. It's impossible. So what you have to do, you have to understand death and prepare yourself for this and go through death uh, with this advocate, which is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And no. then everything will be fine. Monsignor Jean-Claude, our founder, he, in one of his homilies, he used to say very beautifully, he said, there is a trilogy that actually follows in the litany of our lady, you know, refuge of sinners, consoler of afflicted, help of Christians. And exactly. that trilogy is fundamental, not just, just to, just to, yeah, to bring it about in what you're saying, because our lady, so. Exactly. I think something interesting is St. Philip Neri said this. He said, the beginners in religion ought to exercise themselves principally in the meditation of the four last things. Mm. So, St. Philip was a great uh, catechist. Mm -hmm. uh, he was teaching the, uh, the lost of the streets of Rome. Yeah. And I think we ourselves are lost. Are lost. <laughs> and we can do well with his, his point. Absolutely. So, this, uh, this topic is essential. This topic is really extremely important. Uh, if we are not prepared for death, then our life is completely useless. Because this is what is going to happen to us. And God wants us to prepare ourselves because He's going to give us eternal life. He wants to give us eternal life. He wants life. to give us something wonderful. So we need to think about death. We need to put the work. It's not morbid. <laughs> it's reality. Exactly. So Father, let's ask our lady then for a blessing and also so that each and every one of us continually thinks about these topics and so we can face with confidence uh, an eternity that is most fulfilling in the presence of God. So let us pray with St. Gertrude uh, the Great. You know, she had a beautiful prayer in which she asking our Lord Jesus Christ to help her, to prepare herself to have a good death. This is what we, we should always ask every day. We could ask this through intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary to prepare ourselves to go, have a good death. And then our life will be a tremendous success because we went through a good death. And for this, we're going to give the, uh, the blessing. The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.